In a moment, I will play you two stunning clips discussing the verdict handed down against Trump in his fraud trial. The judge banned Trump from operating a business in New York for three years. The judge fined Trump $355 million. This is egregious. This is obscene. And you know how you know that? Because even MSNBC is defending Trump. We're going to play you that clip. And Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank, who's no Republican, he says... Every single real estate developer in the country and on the planet does exactly what Trump did. This is not fraud. This is called business as usual. So those are two bombshell clips that I, which I will play you coming up in just a moment. The city of Chicago will discontinue its gunshot detection system because they say it's racist. You cannot make this stuff up. This is an AI technology gunshot detection system. This special technology detects the sound of gunshots all throughout the city of Chicago and then it dispatches the police to the crime scene, to the scene with, of the gunshots. And the woke mayor of Chicago says this system is racist. Well, what exactly? AI cannot be racist. Technology cannot be racist. But what's what's racist about this system is that it keeps sending police to black neighborhoods. You literally cannot make this stuff up. So this AI technology, what it does is it can detect the sound of gunshots. It's a really cutting edge technology. So it dispatches police. It saves the lives. It saves people's lives, especially, you know, whose lives it saves. It saves the lives of black people and it saves the lives of black children. Why is it racist? Because it keeps sending the cops to black and Latino neighborhoods. Well, maybe could it be that the reason that the gunshot detector keeps detecting gunshots in black neighborhoods is because maybe that's where the guns are being shot. Is it is that a possibility that the guns are being shot in black and Latino neighborhoods? I mean, this is insanity. See, AI, it's not a person. A person could be racist because a person can have a prejudice against certain people of color. But AI, it doesn't even know what color these people are. It doesn't even know what, what, what that even means. It just knows that it's programmed to tell if there are gunshots happening somewhere. The Shot Spotter contract, the Shot Spotter, that's the name of this system, it is expiring now. It expired last week in Chicago, but it's still going to remain intact for some bizarre reason. They are discontinuing this racist system, this racist AI technology, the gunshot detector. But they're waiting until September, even though the contract expired last week. Well, why is that? Well, we have no idea. Nobody's explained why. However, by strange coincidence, the Democrat National Convention is being held this August in Chicago, just a couple of weeks before they discontinue that contract. So that's a very strange coincidence, but police are furious. This thing prevents crime. This thing protects little black children from being shot. Doesn't sound very racist to me. Unbelievable. It, the, 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 the gunshot detector, it sends police to neighborhoods where it hears. It has this like special, there's like an algorithm and it has this speaker system set up all, all over the place. And when there are gunshots fired, boom, the, they don't have to wait for a 911 call. It dispatches the police. But because it is sending, this is what they say, community public safety groups, they say, the system sends police officers to predominantly black and Latino neighborhoods for, listen to this, for often unnecessary and hostile encounters. So they're unnecessary. And look, some, they say that sometimes it gets set off by fireworks. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that, you know, where it's extra cautious and sometimes it detects a sound that doesn't, that isn't a, a gunshot, but it sounds like a gunshot. So the cops are sent, but for often unnecessary encounters and hostile encounters. Hostile, yes, they're hostile encounters. Somebody just shot a gun and now the police are sent there to try 
try to engage them and to try to, you know, disarm them and to, to try to prevent more gunshots and more violence. Uh, yeah, I'll call it a hostile encounter. That's not a bad thing that it's preventing hostile encounter or, or that it's sending police to hostile encounters. In fact, that means it's doing its job. All right. So coming up special. So much to get to. So much to get to. Special counsel Robert Herr. Oh, this is going to be epic. Special counsel Robert Herr is going to testify live in Congress online. It'll be nationally televised. March 12th, about the classified document scandal, and this is going to be epic. We will get to that coming up. Vladimir Putin, and of course, that horrific, horrific story out of Russia. Alexei Navalny, of course, was killed in prison. Everybody knows that he was murdered by Vladimir Putin. This is horrific. It's amazing to me. I, I never understood why he went back to Moscow after they po- Moscow after they poisoned him with nerve gas. But e- either way, that's a very, very tragic story. We may get to that at some later date. But Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin said that he is supporting Joe Biden to win in November. So you know you're in trouble. If our enemies are endorsing you for president, you know that's a problem. If Putin wants Biden to win, then that means that we don't want Biden as president. It's a no-brainer. And, of course, Putin wants Biden to win. So you know who else wants Biden to win? All of our enemies want Biden to win because Biden is weak, because Biden is a coward, because Biden doesn't threaten them and he's uh, he lets them do whatever they want. President Xi certainly wants Biden to win. The Ayatollah of Iran wants Biden to win. And but 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 Putin has actually admitted it. Why? He said it. He said because Biden is predictable, which is another way of saying he know he knows that he can just sit there, invade Ukraine, do whatever he wants, murder his political opponents. And Biden, what he's doing is he's making our enemies richer. He's making them stronger. He is soft as opposed to Trump. If you were Vladimir Putin, who would you want president? You want you want it to be Trump or you want it to be Biden? You want it to be Trump who threatens and Trump who arms Ukraine and prevents any sort of attack or you want it to be uh, Biden, who is who who is weak and soft and allows Putin to walk all over him and treat him as a dishrag. So Putin said it himself. Biden is predictable. He's 100 percent right. Trump actually says that that's a very big compliment to him. And he's 100 percent right. We'll actually read you some of the uh, comments that Trump made in response to this. Also, President Biden continues to place enormous pressure on Israel. He is insisting on a ceasefire before Israel. The IDF invades Rafah, which, of course, is ludicrous. Plus, President Biden signed an executive order protecting Palestinians in the United States from being deported, even though their visas have expired and they're supposed to be deported. They're slated to be deported. Biden signed an executive order defending them from that. He's on the brink right now of recognizing a Palestinian state. He still, of course, has not sent Israel one dime after the Simchus Tehrishmini terrorist attacks. Now Biden is sanctioning, get this, they're sanctioning Israeli settlers. They actually singled out four Israeli settlers by name and sanctioning them, and call, you know, calling them somehow they're, they're violent offenders. Uh, you know, Biden's such a close friend of Israel. I mean, he Biden is smothering, and he's been exposed now for his hatred of Israel, but uh, his disdain. But he's smothering Israel with kindness. I mean, it's a good thing Israel doesn't have a lot more friends like Biden, because it would be literally perilous. Biden has totally thrown Israel under the bus, so we will get to a lot of those details as well. So as we mentioned, the judge in the Trump fraud trial, Judge Angoran, he has fined President Trump 300 $155 million. He banned Trump from operating a business. Totally egregious. This is a total travesty. So you got to listen to this clip. This is Kevin O'Leary on CNN defending Trump and talking about how New York State is driving away businesses left and right. Listen to this clip. I, I, I don't think this case is about Trump anymore at all, because you heard the governor of New York come out yesterday and say, look, everybody, uh, don't be scared about doing a business in New York. 
because the only people we prosecute are people like Donald Trump who don't behave well. That didn't go over very well with the investment community because we're all asking each other, who's next? This was a victimless crime. Nobody lost any money. And a judge out of nowhere put on a $355 million penalty. I mean, who's next? So if you well, think Kevin, about before the future- I, I don't want to cut you off, but I hear about but I will cut you off. Crimes, but <laughs> the laws on the books, falsification of business records in second degree, issuing false financial statements, insurance fraud, conspiracy and all these different aspects of it. Those are actual crimes. I take it your point is that these should not have been prosecuted. Well, my point is there's never been a case like this in 75 years. Everything you just listed off is done by every real estate developer everywhere on earth in every city. This has never, ever been prosecuted. But here's the real point that people in New York should concern themselves with. You can put your money anywhere. I'm a real estate developer. Do you think there's a chance I would ever take a chance on New York again? New York is turning itself into a flyover state. I have to build data centers now. I'm not going to go to New York. New York has power. It's got fiber optics. It's got Niagara Falls. But no, we're not even thinking about it. We're going to places that have the exact same thing where we have rational governors that have never done this to investors. This is about New York and its people. If I were in New York today and I was living there, I would ask myself, maybe we should hire better management. Why is this happening to us? Why are we becoming a flyover state? Why are investors concerned about putting their money there? This is what every single company does. Every single real estate developer, they try to maximize their value. And then he later says in that same clip that they negotiate with the bank. The bank knows how to evaluate them properly. And this is something that everybody does. It certainly doesn't hurt anybody. The banks want it. The companies want it. Everybody wants it. But it gets even better because Katie Tour, Katie Tour of MSNBC said that uh, the the notion of banning Trump from operating a business in New York, that this is unprecedented, that this, this is unheard of, and it is way beyond on the pale Katie tour of MSNBC who cannot stand Trump. Listen to this stunning clip. That's not the burden. You don't have to show that anybody was hurt by your practices. There's nobody you defrauded specifically. Um, but they went back and they looked at cases over 70 years. I believe it was about 150 cases and found that there was no case where there was a ban on doing business where there wasn't harm shown. So even though that the, the threshold is harm shown in the past, it has only been used to ban someone doing business when it's been shown that somebody was hurt. Say you're selling cosmetics that, that, that are poisoning you. There's somebody that was hurt there. The cosmetics company gets banned. Is this fair to go after Donald Trump like this in this environment? This is for 150, 150 cases. This has never, ever happened. It is happening because it's President Trump. All right. Meanwhile, the New York Times has a new story discussing the length that uh, the Biden people go to to ensure that Biden does not slip and fall. Biden does not have some sort of accident or some sort of mishap. So now when Biden is remember, Biden used to board Air Force One the way every other president did, using the staircase to go straight up into the area where he's actually going to fly from. Now, Then, of course, they shifted that because Biden had a couple of nasty falls as he was on his way up the steps. So then they shifted to the to the smaller, the shorter staircase, which goes down 
down to the bottom of the airplane, and then I guess he goes up when he's inside. According to a new report from the New York Times, Biden has almost exclusively used that shorter staircase ever since, remember, he tripped on that sandbag during a graduation ceremony at the Air Force Academy. Well, that's not good enough. Apparently, even the shorter staircase now is not safe, and they're worried. They're ter- the Biden people are terrified about having some sort of embarrassing mishap, especially because he's on camera. So in recent weeks, this is according to the New York Times, Secret Service agents have now been guarding the base of the staircase, the shorter staircase, while Biden is uh, going up, going up to the uh, into the airplane boarding Air Force One. The New York Times report entitled Inside Biden's Protective White House detailed a number of steps White House staffers have taken in order to protect Biden. In addition to standing at the bottom of the staircase to catch him, he's uh, he's been given cheat seat cheats as cheat sheets, as we know, in order to tell him who to call on at press conferences. They abruptly end events when he's speaking. Okay, before he has a chance to hear to take any kind of questions from reporters, they actually turn up the music and they escort him out so that he won't be able to hear any questions because sometimes see, it's all scripted. So they tell him what to say and they say, OK, say it and then get out of there as quickly as possible. But sometimes he actually cannot resist. So the reporters will call out questions and he'll respond before his handlers have a chance to get him out, to shuffle him out. So now they blast the music, according to The New York Times, in order to make sure that he doesn't even hear the questions. And of course, skipping interviews, even traditional interviews like the Super Bowl interview where he's lobbed a bunch of softball questions. So you got the media like the New York Times, CNN and others, they're turning on Biden. They recognize right now that Biden is an incredible liability. And here's what I don't understand. How can anybody get excited about Joe Biden, even Democrats? Okay, let's say forgetting all of his policies, but just even when you look at the man and I mean, he's just a shell of any human being. I mean, there's just he is so, so it's so painful. It's so painful to watch him. Let's, I'll put it this way, right? Let's say his policies are dreadful, but putting the policies aside, right? Let's say he was a Republican. Let's say Joe Biden was exactly my dream candidate. Let's say he was tough on the border, tough on Iran, tough on crime. Let's say he had a booming economy, right? And yet I had to see him get up there and forget his name, forget what he's talking about, lose his train of thought, you know, look like a deer in the headlights, get confused, stammer away, mix up his, you know, his uh, presidents with, pre- with the pe- people who have been deceased for 30 years. I would not be I'd be depressed. okay? if he was like uh, if he had Trump's policies and he was and he was a Republican and he was my candidate, I would be so depressed to have to root for somebody like that and support somebody like that. I mean, literally, Joe Biden, he should be in a bingo hall. okay? he would fit right in. okay? he should be sitting somewhere down in Fort Lauderdale, sipping his iced tea and playing shuffleboard. That is exactly he would he would fit in perfectly. And yet he's standing there supposed to be the leader of the free world. So they keep turning on Biden, right? And they keep making it about his age. Well, he's, I'm going to read you some headlines, by the way, from the mainstream media. They're trying to equate Trump and Biden and say, oh, well, yeah, Trump also, right? Remember that one time Trump mixed up Nancy Pelosi and uh, Nikki Haley? So now the, the media can't get enough of that. That has become the battle cry. Like, it's like that one time and they are latching onto that. And now, oh, you see that? You're right. Biden mixes up names. Trump mixes up names. And they're trying to equate it. And they're trying to say somehow Trump's mental decline is worse than Biden's mental decline. Not that Trump has any mental decline. They're saying insane things. So here's the problem. Number one, it's not about age. I'm tired of them making it about age. The the big problem is Biden's policies are terrible. So it's not even about his cognitive decline. I don't even like that being the focus. But that's what but making about his age is absurd because think about this, right? Four years ago, Biden was the same age as Trump is now. Okay, Trump right now is the same age as Biden was back in 2020. Trump is sharper. He's much more energetic. And, you know, I know people who are 85, 88 years old who have a lot more energy and are a lot more lucid than Biden had at age 75. 
alive. So it's not about age at all. But again, it's not about cognitive decline because that's like the least of Biden. And that's a huge problem. And that's how they're able to manipulate him and, and, and put into place all sorts of hor- hor- horrible policies. But let's, you know, it, it's about the policies now. But the real concern, like a caller said to me, let's say they do, because I still I still stand by. I do not believe that Biden is going to be the nominee. I think they're waiting. They want to time it right. They want to wait till after the primaries, whatever their you know calculations are. But the concern is some a caller says to me, well, let's say they, 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 they put some other nominee in place of Joe Biden. It's not going to be Kamala Harris. Maybe it's going to be Michelle Obama. Maybe it's going to be Gavin Newsom. Maybe there's someone else come out of the woodwork. That, you know, maybe it'll be Joe Manchin. I don't know. The question is, is that going to be good or bad for Trump? Of course, that will not be good for Trump. We want Biden to be the nominee. There's a reason right now that the media is having a meltdown, that the Obama people are having a meltdown. David Axelrod. I mean, every day, some other Democrat or some other member of the media is calling on Biden to drop out of the race to do everybody a favor. That's not good. We want Biden to be the nominee. You know, but the, the, now I think Trump could beat anybody. But I certainly think, you know, Trump is a much, much more, much be- better cakewalk for Trump if he's running against Biden. I mean, I think that a lot of 12-year-olds could, could could beat Joe Biden. But the best case scenario for Trump, of course, would be if there's a third-party candidate, because a third-party candidate guaranteed would take away so many more votes from Biden or from the Democrat nominee than from Trump. I mean, let's say if there's a ticket of Manchin and Romney. They're talking about jo- Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney running together on as on as on as a third party uh t- t- a third party ticket. Okay, I-, I think that there are are there some Republicans who say, you know what, I don't like Trump. I don't like his mean tweets. So I'm going to choose Joe Manchin over President Trump. Very few, very few people. Joe Manchin, he's not a conservative. Don't let the media fool you. He's not a Republican. So there are very few Republican voters who are going to opt for Trump. There are some independent voters. But but um, for the most part, it's going to be Democrats. It's going to be Democrats or it's going to be people who want who, who, who would vote for Biden otherwise, who say, I cannot stand Biden. Biden, forgetting his age and cognitive decline, the economy, the inflation, interest rates, Iran. I mean, uh, Biden's a disaster. So they'll they'll they will jump for Joe Manchin. And I think that would really crush any Democrat ticket. Um, meanwhile, by the way, the mainstream media is now pushing the narrative, get this, that inflation is driven by corporate greed. You can't make this stuff up. This is the new, this is the narrative they're trying so desperately. They're saying it's not, yeah, there's massive inflation. By the way, inflation is up again. Inflation, you know, it's down compared to what it was. It was at sky high level, so it had to level off, but it's still, inflation is still too high. And that's according to the Biden people. That's according to the Democrats. So now they're saying, well, yeah, inflation is very high. But it's not Biden's fault. It's not all the government spending, which, by the way, we knew, we told you it would cause massive inflation. They're saying it's those greedy corporations. You know, it's fueling inflation, those greedy corporations. And there's a new poll. Now, the poll is extremely skewed. The, the, the poll is extremely slanted to the left, as I'm going to explain. But according to this new poll that the media is desperately latching on to, most Americans believe that the, that a major cause of inflation is corporate greed. Now, can I ask this? Let me ask this question. Why did these corporations suddenly get so greedy when Biden became elected, when Biden became president? 2021, that's suddenly when these corporations, these companies woke up and said, wow, we're really greedy. We want to make a lot of profits. We want to make a lot of money. Let's charge people a fortune. Let's charge $7 for a gallon of milk. Let's charge $10 for an order of French fries. I mean, you know, when, when Trump was president, inflation was way, way down. By the way, government spending was down. Borrowing was down. National debt was it, it was up, but it was still way below what it is now all the COVID spending. So Trump and the economy booming. And there were a lot of explanations for it. But one second, 
What, what about corporate greed? If corporate greed is the reason inflation's out of control right now, weren't corporations greedy under Trump? Or are you going to tell me, no, 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 no. Under Trump, you know what these companies said? They said, let's be generous. Let's give people away the product for free or for cheap. Let's lose money. Let's lose money. Let's make less profits. You know, Target, Walmart, Amazon, all these companies. Like, you know what? We're charities. So uh, we're going to actually lose money because we want people to be able to afford our product. So, all right, we won't make profits or we won't maximize our profits. Yeah, well, that's what we're supposed to do as companies. We're supposed to make a profit, but Trump is president, so we're not going to be greedy. And then suddenly Biden becomes president, and suddenly they become a bunch of money-hungry monsters who are incredibly greedy. What an incredible coincidence. It makes zero sense. By the way, even if it would be true, let's even say it would be true that corporations suddenly became greedy. Okay, it's still the president's job. The president's still supposed to manage to figure out how to try to grapple with that because you've got to keep inflation down if you're president, period. But companies, give me a break. They're always trying to maximize profit. That doesn't change under Biden. It's a given. They don't care who's president. It's called supply and demand. You know, there's a limit. Well, you know, corporations are out to make money, period. Whether they're greedy, not greedy, call it whatever you want to call it. A corporation's job is that's their responsibility to the shareholders, to their bosses, to try to make as much money as possible. I don't call that greed. I call that running a business. So, uh, it, it, but but there's something called supply and demand. Okay, you why don't why doesn't every company just charge a fortune for? Every product, right? The answer is because they have competitors, because a competitor is going to come in, try to undercut them because they want to go get the business away. So there's a limit. I don't care how greedy you are. There's a limit. The, the market sets the prices. It's an age old law of economics. It's been happening for thousands of years. So it's 100 percent Biden's fault. And, and which is exactly the Inflation Reduction Act actually increases inflation. And they call it the Inflation Reduction Act because it's pure gaslighting, as we've told you a million times. But the media is pushing this narrative. And here's what's incredible is this new poll. The poll says that three in five Americans say that corporate greed is a major cause of inflation. By the way, even the wording of this poll is biased because they say, is it a major, is corporate greed a major cause of inflation? Major doesn't mean it's the only cause or the main cause. They use the word major cause. A lot of people are going to say yes to that. People say, well, a corporation is greedy. Not that these people are economists who they survey, so they don't even know. But they're asking the question in a way. And you know how I know that it's a skewed poll? Because The Hill. The Hill is a very leftist mainstream media outlet. The, 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 the Hill quoted this poll from Navigator Research, and they called it a left-leaning polling group, a left-leaning polling research group. So if The Hill is calling it, The Hill, I couldn't believe it. Because The Hill, they'll call polls all the time. I have never seen them say that a poll is left-leaning. When they say that a poll is a mainstream, is a nonpartisan poll, that's how you know it leans to the left. If they're calling it left-leaning, that's like saying it's basically socialist. That's saying it's basically it's basically a, a George Soros-funded poll. But <clears throat> here's what's incredible is that the um, the Hill is basically saying inflation is not Biden's fault. Blame the rich, blame Elon Musk, and, you know, because now they can't deny. They were hoping that inflation would level up. Remember, they kept telling us for years. It's transitory. It's transitory. It's uh, it's temporary. Inflation is saying, we're looking, we're saying, how could this be temporary? They are pumping in trillions into the economy. There is no, people are spending money left and right because they're getting free money from the government and they're not even working for it. There's no way this is going to be temporary. So they've given up on that narrative. And now it's those corporate greedy uh, CEOs. Okay, but here's what's even more egregious is dictionary.com, dictionary.com. And again, all the Wikipedia, dictionary.com, they're all leftist. They have added a new word to the dictionary to try to literally they're trying to brainwash the country and try to absolve Biden over inflation. So dictionary.com announced it added a new word this past week. 
they have created a new word, added a new word to the dictionary called greedflation. The word is greedflation. This is now in the dictionary, in dictionary.com. So you see this, they're using the dictionary to brainwash people into believing that Biden's not responsible for the horrific inflation, the horrific economy, the disastrous economy. This is greedflation. The definition is, quote, a rise in prices, rents, or the like that is not due to market pressure or any other factor organic to the economy, but is caused by corporate executives or boards of directors, property owners, etc., solely to increase profits that are already healthy or excessive. So these greedy companies that were not greedy under Trump, but then Biden became president and they woke up and they said, hey, let's be greedy. Let's make a lot of money. Let's force people to pay tons of money for a product and to overpay. That has now become a word in the dictionary. You know, you won't hear this anywhere in the mainstream media. It's pretty astonishing. And it's, and like I said, inflation is still very high. They keep talking about how inflation is leveling. Well, even when it levels off, as we've explained a million times, the prices still stay high. Just the rate of how high they get has leveled off a little bit. So they, they, they're they still double and triple the prices of, 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 of basic staples uh, of what they were under Trump. But at least they're not going up at the same rate. So they're still going up, but not at the same rate, but they're already up. They're not, it's not like they're going down. Well, but even that's not happening because uh, annual inflation clocked in at 3.1% in January, and that is above the goal of the Federal Reserve of 2%, which is why now they are not lowering inflate, uh, interest rates, and, and in, interest rates are still uh, sky high through the roof. So listen to this AP headline, you know, talking about equating. They're trying to, this is the new narrative is, <clears throat> excuse me, is that, well, uh, Biden mixes up names. Trump mixes up names. Biden's in cognitive decline. Trump is in cognitive decline. Now, if you just look at them, if you just if you just watch a clip, any clip of Biden, pick a random clip, and then you compare it to Trump. I mean, it's like day and night. They're like light years apart. But this is an actual AP headline. Mixing up names like Biden and Trump have done is pretty common. Okay, this is literally an AP headline. Mixing up names like Biden and Trump have done is pretty common. So number one, they say, oh, yeah, well, yeah, sure, Biden mixes up names, Mitterrand, right? And, uh, the, you know, Al-Sisi being the president of uh, of Egypt and all of that. Well, you know, Helmut Kohl uh, and Al-Sisi, you know, obviously Biden called him the president of Mexico. So it's pretty common. They're equating Biden and Trump and they say, oh, but by the way, they're dismissing it. They're poo-pooing it. Oh, it's pretty common. Here's a quote from the AP article, quote, any parent who's ever called one of their children by the other's name or even the family pet's name could empathize with President Joe Biden mixing up the names of President uh, Macron and President Mitterrand of France. And then there's another headline. This is from a different uh, from, I think, The Express, a different mainstream media outlet Quote: Donald Trump's cognitive decline more apparent than Joe Biden's after slurred speech. So apparently there's some kind of clip of uh, of Donald Trump slurring his speech. So now the cognitive decline of Donald Trump is even more apparent. That's a direct quote from a headline, more apparent than Joe Biden. It's insane on so many levels, I don't even need to tell you. But think about how egregious you're talking about Biden every single day, every single time he gets up there. He's like a deer in the headlights. He gets confused. He confuses numbers. He forgets what he was going to say. He forgot the name of Hamas and on and on. He's been doing this for years. I mean, you look at Biden. You look at the man and you feel sorry for him. As my wife says, somebody should sue Jill Biden and the White House on behalf of Joe Biden for elder abuse. If this were any other situation besides the presidency, that you would be suing the family for elder abuse. It is so sad how they prance him around out there and they're just just destroying this man who clearly, clearly needs to just be sent to a facility or just sent to a golf course. And, uh, you know, like I said, sip the iced tea, play, play, play shuffleboard all day long, play bingo, take him to the bingo hall. But it's really, really pathetic to watch. And then the media actually with a straight face says, oh, 
Trump's cognitive decline and Biden's cognitive decline. They're the same thing. All right, so I want to mention this new study about the COVID vaccine because this is actually the largest study to date. They've actually conducted the largest study ever on the health effect of the or, or, or the negative health of the, the adverse health effect of the COVID vaccine and the health complications and the side effects. And this is very, very disturbing and frightening. And it confirms everything that we have suspected. And uh, of course, now at this point, it's okay. You, you, if you had said this, if, if a conservative had said, if we had said this a year or two years ago, talked about these health events, and we did, and people talked about it, and people got banned and censored and canceled over it, and you got called a science denier. And now, of course, the mainstream media can, now that uh, for whatever reason, it's become acceptable. They got, they accomplished what they wanted to with the COVID vaccine. So now they're finally, admitting and recognizing the truth, but they're not science deniers, but what's depressing is that it's too little too late because it's not like they woke up and say, oh, you know what? We're finally changing our ways. Anybody who's suddenly waking up and admitting, oh, you know what? Fauci, Fauci lied. Fauci lied about the COVID vaccine and the, the, the entire scientific establishment. These doctors, they should have their licenses revoked. The doctors who pushed healthy people to get the COVID vaccine and and it turns out that as we suspected, and remember, you had all these horrific stories of people, myocarditis, pericarditis, people with heart problems. You had Damar Hamlin, the football player who literally went, you know, literally nearly died on the football field. And we kept saying, well, the covid vaccine, like wh- why? How are you letting people take the covid vaccine? That's clearly causing. Oh, no, you're a scientist. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. You're a conspiracy theorist, right? We are conspiracy theorists. But then then they go and it's not like they change their ways. It's not like, you know, they suddenly realize, oh, we were wrong and apologize and retract. They admit it. They kind of like act like, oh, well, yeah, it turns out that uh, people were right about the covid vaccine. Those those, those, those radical uh, conspiracy theory mega Republicans. But but then the next time they're going to do the same thing over again. That's what's so frustrating about this. It's not like this is like they're finally admitting that they were wrong and changing their ways. But this new study, this is and this is a study according to Bloomberg and 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 Demar Hamlin. He was the NFL player. I'll get to him in a minute. But um, uh, they say vaccines were linked to increases. They say small increases. And again, you know, it's all relative when you look at the numbers. Increases in heart-related conditions, blood conditions, neurological conditions. And then they call it rare events. But it doesn't matter. Let me explain why it doesn't matter that they are rare events. I'll explain that in a minute. They, they include a higher risk of heart-related inflammation, which is which includes myocarditis and pericarditis, which are very dangerous conditions, from mRNA shots made by Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, and an increased risk of a type of blood clot in the brain after viral vector vaccines, such as the one d- developed by AstraZeneca. So here's a quote from Bloomberg, quote, more than 13 and a half billion doses of COVID vaccines have been administered globally over three years, saving over one million lives in Europe alone. Still a small proportion of people immunized were injured by the shots, stoking debate about their benefits versus their harms. Okay, stoking debate, stoking debate. You got to love that. So several things. Number one, we were right. Okay, the science deniers were correct as usual, the conspiracy theorists, and this proves it. And now this is a mainstream study, the study, the largest study. And we kept saying it causes blood clots. It causes or we said 
we don't know for sure, but it, it appears that there's an increase. And doesn't it seem like we need to know more? And isn't it risky? And it's too soon. We simply don't have enough evidence. So how can you give it to healthy people? So a couple of points. Number one, you know, they're saying it saved a million lives. We have no idea how many lives were saved by the vaccine. Nobody's going to know that. But we know they lied. Fauci lied. All They all lied. Anyone who said the vaccine is safe, take the vaccine. And they told us the vaccine prevents transmission. All these things they told us about, about the vaccine, they were lies. OK, they didn't have enough research. And now that they're finally doing the research, they are coming out. They are, they, they, they are debunking all the lies that were told about how safe these vaccines were. You have nothing to worry about. Don't listen to those crazy right wing fanatics who say that the covid vaccine is dangerous because they don't know what they're talking about. We assure you, we promise you the head of Pfizer, all these people. Number one, they should be fired. They should be held accountable. They should be put on trial. They should be charged with murder. They should be put in front of a firing squad. They should be thrown into jail. Nothing's going to happen. There will not be reper- there will not be any repercussions. There will not be any consequences. But these people killed. OK, we now have confirmation they killed people in the name of the vaccine. And not only did they kill, now they, 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 this is proof. This is proof. People died as a result of this. Many people became sick. Many people, oh, but the numbers, if you look at the numbers, we'll get to the numbers in a moment. But that's not the point. The point is, they didn't say, oh, well, the numbers, oh, well, yeah, we're risking your life and maybe something bad's going to happen to you, but it's for the greater good. They didn't say that. They didn't say, they said, take the vaccine, you dope. They said, take the vaccine, it's fine, and don't listen to those right-wing Republicans, conspiracy theorists who say that the vaccine is dangerous. So that's what's so disgraceful and egregious about what they did and they should suffer the consequences yes and how a doctor how a doctor could give a young you know i'm talking about teenagers who got this vaccine and how a doctor could could, could literally give a person this vaccine and, and this shot and say don't worry it's safe and they may be killing them and so then you remember you had these athletes these young athletes who were just dropping and there were stories one after the next and, and they never came out and said oh well let's check if they got the vaccine they didn't get the vaccine they just covered the whole thing up let's get to damar hamlin for a minute damar hamlin of course his heart stopped on the football field. Now, I kept waiting, right? They talked about this, that's, that, that, that condition, commodio corditis or something like that, where somebody gets hit hard in the chest and it causes their heart to stop. And they say, well, that's what happened. It, it has happened one other time on, on a football field in, in, in literally decades and decades of, you know, thousands and thousands of football games. These people are very healthy, these football players. But here's my problem is they kept asking the doctors, well, was this vaccine related? Was it the what was the cause? The doctors could tell in two seconds if he came in, did he have an inflamed heart or not? The doctors could tell the doctors know if it's commodio carditis or not. They held press conference. They said, we don't know. Inconclusive, inconclusive. We'll know eventually. And they kept asking and they kept waiting and weeks and weeks. And they asked Damar Hamlin and they kept avoiding the question. Wouldn't you think if if it was not vaccine related, they would have been screaming from the rooftops. They would have said, of course, this is not vaccine related. And if they never came out, they never came out and said they didn't say it was caused by the vaccine. But they never came out and said, oh, well, we know this was not vaccine related. It's not hard to tell. They know. okay. and the fact that they did not say it tells you everything you need to know. Why would they not? If I was pro vaccine and somebody came in and had this heart condition and I knew that it wasn't vaccine related, I would be holding a press conference announcing to the world this is not vaccine related. They said nothing. And that happened again and again. So many people had these news anchors, right? going to the hospital, these people in their 30s and 40s with myocarditis. Who ever heard of anybody so young getting myocarditis and they got really sick and some of them turned out to be okay and and well, but it wasn't related to any vaccine. They, 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 they assured us, they guaranteed us, how on earth do you know? And why is this all happening now? And what really bothers me, are the mo- and, and they say, well, but it saved a million lives. 
it didn't save young people's lives. And in fact, in the UK, it's banned under 50 for anybody to take the COVID vaccine. But nobody ever talks about that. So it, it didn't save young people. So that's what bothers me. If you want to say, listen, somebody elderly, someone high risk of COVID in their 80s, maybe give them the COVID vaccine. That's not what they were doing. They were giving it wholesale. They were giving it to anybody they could. They're still giving it. I think there are still young people, I believe, getting the COVID vaccine, which is which is insane. Any doctor who's giving a kid the COVID vaccine right now deserves to be to, to be thrown in jail. How can how can you do that? I mean, especially now when we know when we know what we know and there's zero risk. Kids are at zero risk. COVID people under 30, people under 40 without heavy side effects, complications. So they're still pushing this thing. This thing should be banned right now. Number one, it's still not. But that's not what bothers me is that they're giving it to young and healthy people. How dare they give it to young and healthy people and make them think they're doing some kind of good thing when they're doing so much harm? And are they going to learn the lesson? Are they going to say, well, maybe we're wrong about climate change, too? And maybe we're wrong about all these other things that we claim in the name of science. Of course, they're not going to say that because they're disgraceful. They still believe in all this. That's what really bothers me. All right. So Putin says, I don't want Trump as president. I want Biden to be the president. Well, that is a huge compliment to Trump. Trump said it's a huge compliment and it and it should terrify us about Joe Biden, because, of course, Putin wants Biden to be the president. So Trump actually in a at a rally, he said, quote, he said, Putin came out saying I'd much rather have Biden be the president. And I said, well, that's insulting. And then I said, wait a minute, that's actually a very good thing. He's just giving me a great, great compliment. So uh, and, and that's exactly right, because, of course, if Putin wants Trump uh, Biden to be president, the reason is because he knows that Biden will let him get away with murder, which is exactly what's been happening. And he knows that Biden is weak and Biden's a coward and Biden will let him uh, do anything that he wants and, and, and walk on and get rich and get strong at the expense of the United States, as opposed to Trump, who scares these people. So when Iran prefers Biden and North Korea prefers Biden and China prefers Biden and Putin's actually saying it, he says, I want Biden. You know you're in trouble. All right, so Robert Hur is going to testify March 12th in Congress. This is going to be epic. It's going to be a total spectacle. And here's what's amazing is that Hur believes, Robert Hur believes that Trump, it's H-U-R, so pronounce it how you like, but Robert Hur believes that Biden is guilty. It's very clear from his report. He doesn't even hide it. And Robert Hur is furious because he they're never going to let him indict Biden. So he wants to retain his dignity. He wants to retain credibility as a prosecutor. So it used to be a prosecutor's job was to prosecute. But, of course, when you're investigating a Democrat, your job is to come out with a report and to explain why <clears throat> you're not prosecuting. So I think that he's going to unload the Robert Hur. It's very clear from his report that he can't stand President Biden, and he believes that President Biden, number one, is guilty, and number two, he thinks that President Biden simply doesn't have the cognitive abilities to stand trial, let alone to be president in the United States. So I think he's going to unload. I think that he wants, and I'm going to read you here a list of some questions, and as we get closer, we'll talk about this more, but I think he wants Biden to suffer. I think he wants to humiliate Biden. I think his testimony is going to be devastating. And the White House is frantic about all this. Remember, th th that night, the night after the report, Biden got up there and held a press conference. And, and I want to be clear, it's an absurd press conference because, number one, Biden's sitting there. Number one, he did a terrible job because he's sitting there trying to show the country how he really is very mentally fit and he has no cognitive decline. And he did not do a good job of that at all. In fact, he got confused at the press conference where he's trying to tell us he doesn't get confused. But what's incredible is, you know, and, and a caller made this point, and it's a very good point. Caller, caller quoted Marco Rubio. Biden is refuting the special counsel, right? So Biden is saying... How can you tell me I'm not mentally fit to stand trial? I'm mentally fit. I'm not forgetful. How can you tell me I'm forgetful? 
well, then you should be indicted. You cannot have it both ways. This is an obvious point, but it should be spoken out, which is you cannot have it both ways. If you really are not in cognitive decline, if you really don't have dementia, if you're cognitively functional and you're all there and you're sharp as a tech, then you need to be indicted. But if you're not, then you cannot be president. So that's what's part of what's so devastating about the report from Robert Hur is Biden has no defense. You know, his only defense is, well, he's too senile to stand trial. So Biden gets up there. Well, I'm not too senile to stand trial. Well, then you should be standing trial because Robert Hur didn't say you cooperated. Robert Hur didn't say, well, you did, you know, you didn't realize there were classified documents all over your property. And, and, and this was all the fault of your handlers and of your staffers. They make, they got mixed up and this is an honest mistake. Robert Hur said that Biden willfully took home classified documents. He knew there were classified documents. He even referenced them. But he's too senile, essentially, to stand trial. So here's some questions that I think they should ask Robert Hur. And like I said, we'll get into this more as we get closer to March 12th. Number one, did Biden have intent to commit a crime? Did Biden have intent to mishandle classified documents? Is Biden only not being charged because of his age and because of his forgetfulness? Would you have charged him if he were younger and didn't have these memory problems and was not in cognitive decline? In addition, is what Biden did any different than what Trump did, especially in light of the fact that Biden was not president and thus had, did not have the authority to declassify? Did Biden cooperate? Um, did Biden lie repeatedly when he claimed multiple times that the documents were kept in a secure location? So this is really fascinating. This is going to be um, before the testimony be before the House Judiciary Committee which, of course, is led by Chairman Jim Jordan. I mean, so the fireworks, this is just going to be, I mean, get out the popcorn. This is going to be as dramatic a spectacle, as epic a testimony, I believe, as we have ever seen. And uh, part of the reason the White House may be reticent to, to, to have more publicized from Biden's interview here, you see, here's part of the issue is that so far they have not released there's testimony i think there are record there's a transcript of um of 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 Biden being interviewed by Robert Hur and that's of course where he made a lot of his mistakes and was very forgetful and part of the reason and the white house has been pushing against them releasing those transcripts which which is pretty fascinating and part of the reason is because Biden was upset that Robert Hur brought up his son Bo's death where Biden got confused and couldn't remember the year that that his son Bo passed away so Biden was furious at Robert Hur. It turns out that Robert Hur was the one, did not even bring that up. Biden was the one who brought that up in the first place. So we'll see if those transcripts ever get released. All right, a caller made the point. Trump made these comments about NATO, and the media had a total meltdown. And the caller pointed out that the media still does not understand Trump. This is classic Trump being Trump. It's Trump using hyperbole. And Trump is 100% right. And by the way, Trump is the best thing that ever happened to NATO. And when Trump was president, NATO was thrilled, the head of NATO, what is his name, Jans Stolzenberg, he was thrilled to have Trump in charge because Trump uh, got NATO a ton of money. He forced Germany, France, and all these countries to pay up. So, you know, here's what Trump said. Trump said, quote, he said this at a rally. He said, quote, NATO was busted until I came along. I said, everybody's going to pay. And they said, well, if we don't pay, you're still going to protect us. And, And Trump said, absolutely not. And he said they could not believe the answer. Trump said one of the presidents of a big country when he was president asked him, would the United States defend that country if they were invaded by Russia, if they don't pay up their dues to NATO? And Trump said, no, I will not protect you. In fact, I would encourage Russia to do whatever they want. You've got to pay. You've got to pay your bills. Now, this is a classic line. This line doesn't bother me. Number one, 
you've got to suffer consequences, and you certainly have to threaten the media. The, mel- the media is having a meltdown. Even Biden mentioned this. How could Trump say something so egregious? How could he say that he would encourage Russia to invade France, to invade Germany, just because they don't pay their NATO? And Trump is like, that's the whole point, is we're part of this alliance. NATO, the whole point is you pay up your dues and we'll protect you. But if you don't fulfill your end of the bargain... Why should we protect you? So now is Trump actually going to call up Putin and say, I think you better invade France because they didn't pay the dues? Of course not. But is he going to say that and try to make the point? Of course, yes. And the caller said, you know, I just don't get it. Yaakov, he said, this is still Trump. He's still the same Trump he's always been. He was president for four years. And like we know about his hyperbole. We know this is how he talks. And he's by the way, I would add he's right. He's right to say that. I'm not saying you should really encourage Russia, but you need to say that because you need to be clear and firm with these people. They don't get it. Com- these countries, France, Germany, they will they will literally take advantage of you. They will they will try th- to do everything possible to get away with murder. So you've got to force their hand. You've got to really be incredibly tough with them because they will take advantage. They will squeeze you. So you got to squeeze back. But the, but the coldest point was. After all these years, they still don't get it. They still, every time he uses hyperbole like this, every time he says something like this, they get so furious and have a meltdown. He's a dictator. He likes Russia. He loves Putin. Trump is a Trump is just a Putin lover. Trump is just, he's going to be friends with Putin. He's going to encourage him. He's a dictator. He's a threat to democracy, etc. He was president for four years. I didn't believe he was a threat to democracy before he became president when they tried telling us that. But now he was president. Did he ever go and encourage Russia? to? All he did was he got tons of money out of these countries that all the other presidents were too cowardly to do. So he's done everything right. And as president, he was never a threat. He never actually went and sided with Russia. In fact, he was tougher on Russia than anybody. But that's what's incredible is they will never, ever see that. And now that he's been proven and we know what we're going to get because we got it already and we see how tough he was and we see how effective that was and we see how secure he made the country and NATO. He held, he Trump did more to help to help protect NATO countries than anybody else. And yet still, still, they still they react this way. It's really it's really it's, it's, it's unfathomable. All right. So Biden, I mean, he has been exposed. He is an Israel hater. Biden has been so tough on Israel, putting so much pressure. What a disgrace. What an absolute disgrace the way Biden has treated Israel, stabbed them in the back. He has been finally exposed. Remember, he was he was Israel's friend. A lot of people said he's not Israel's friend. In fact, he's he's he gave Iran the money and the resources to be able to, to fund Hamas. And Biden was complicit in the terror attack in the first place. And all he did in the, in the beginning was he said the, the, the right words for a few weeks. And it's not the words that matter. It's the actions. And, and when, when it comes to his actions, Biden has been a nightmare, a nightmare for Israel. He's been despicable. OK, nothing short of that. And finally, it's being exposed and everybody's seeing Biden's true colors. So let me tell you all the things that Biden has been doing and, and and it maybe it all comes down to the Michigan voters or whatever, but it's a disgrace. Biden's pressuring Bibi for a ceasefire, even though they still need to dismantle Hamas. A ceasefire right now would be catastrophic for Israel. He Biden is insisting that Israel does not invade Rafah until there's a pause in fighting. That would be a disaster. Biden has now sanctioned four Israeli settlers over claims, false claims of violence against Palestinians. Do you, you believe this? A United States president is sanctioning Israeli settlers. Biden signed an executive order protecting thousands of Palestinian non-citizens in the United States from being deported. That was on Wednesday. Mainstream media is doing, you know, not even touching this, n- never going to report this. An executive order shielding thousands of Palestinians from deportation for 18 months. 6,000 Palestinians are eligible for reprieve under a program called Deferred Enforced Departure. 
Biden said, quote, in this memo, in this executive order, quote, while I remain focused on improving the humanitarian situation, many civilians remain in danger. Therefore, I'm directing the deferral of removal of certain Palestinians in the United States. Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor, said, quote, the grant of deferred enforced departure would provide protection for most Palestinians in the U.S., with certain exceptions, including convicted felons and other deemed, others deemed public safety threats. So at least there are exceptions. At least convicted felons are not going to be protected. And he said, um, those who voluntarily return to the West Bank or Gaza will lose those protections. Okay, wonderful. And uh, the move was likely welcomed by Arab and Muslim American community leaders who have been fuming over Biden's support for Israel since the Hamas terror attack. Meanwhile, Biden is exerting enormous pressure on Israel, as I've said. But here's the most egregious part, is that you have Anthony Blinken now, who's trying to claim that it's in Israel's best interest to have a two-state solution. They need a two-state solution. He's actually trying, this is the brainwashing and the gaslighting, is, oh, a two-state solution right now, signing a deal and creating a Palestinian state, that would be in the best interest of Israel, which is disgraceful. And and and, uh, and here's the problem. Trump debunked that because here's what Blinken is saying. He's saying that if you want to normalize relations with Arab countries like the Saudis, then you need a two state solution. That's going to be your ticket. If you want to have peace in the Middle East with all these Arab countries, well, you need to recognize two state solution. They, they, that was the old narrative. And remember, Trump debunked that because he had the Abraham Accords, which uh, Trump, Israel um, secured diplomatic relations with multiple, multiple Arab Gulf states that were formerly enemies who always said, well, we need a two-state solution before we make peace with Israel. And Trump said, no, you don't. And Trump has proven right. So let me read you some excerpts here from an op-ed from Michael Goodwin. And I guess we'll leave it at that. Uh, well, I have one other point after that. Um, in a recent meeting with Muslim voters in Michigan, an administration aide, not a campaign aide, but a Biden administration aide, uh, uh, arrived full of apologies, said the White House knows that it made mistakes in its approach to Israel, quote, we are well aware we have misstepped in the course of responding to this crisis, said National Security Advisor John, Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer. Days earlier, the White House placed sanctions on four Israelis in the West Bank, accusing them of violence toward the Palestinians. Last week, Biden aides announced they were investigating whether Israel misused American munitions in Gaza. And then talking about Biden's policies, they included demand for an immediate ceasefire before Hamas has been eliminated or before Hamas releases more hostages. Um, that would uh, keep Hamas in control of Gaza and siphon off much of the billions likely to be contributed to rebuilding, just as now Hamas seizes the daily humanitarian aid, they would take the billions of dollars for rebuilding. It's also astonishing how Biden ignores Hamas's leaders in Qatar and Lebanon who say publicly they will not accept any two-state solution because it implies acceptance of a Jewish state. This is incredible. This is incredible. They're talking about a two-state solution. Hamas says, I don't want a two-state solution because it's too much pro-Israel. <coughs> Excuse me, Khalid Meshal said in a TV interview, quote, I would like to say two things about this two-state solution. First, we have nothing to do with the two-state solution. We reject this notion because it means you'd get a promise for a Palestinian state, yet you are required to recognize the legitimacy of the other state, which is a Zionist entity. This is unacceptable. And then, of course, Biden is totally ignoring Iran's role in funding Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Houthi rebel, rebels. So... um, Biden says that every time you, I'm sorry, uh, Michael Goodwin says every time you criticize Israel, that's welcome news to Israel, to Iran and Iranian proxies. And then he goes on to say, he says that uh, Anthony Blinken going and claiming that 
they need a two-state solution. He says, he says uh, Anthony Blinken is really marketing a Palestinian state as the key to unlocking normalization agreements with the Arab states. Quote, virtually every, every Arab country, this is Blinken, now generally wants to integrate Israel into the region to normalize relations and to provide security commitments and assurances so Israel could feel more safe. This is what Biden said at the annual Munich Security Conference. And there's the imperative that's more urgent than ever to proceed to a Palestinian state that ensures the security of Israel. So Goodwin says Blinken, like his boss, conveniently ignores two enormous facts. First, the Trump administration secured the Abraham Accords with four Muslim nations without endangering Israel's survival. And Saudi Arabia was moving toward normalization last year without a Palestinian state, which Hamas cited as a reason for its attack on Israel. Second, there is no credible vision for a Palestinian state that ensures the security of Israel. It's an oxymoron and has proved repeatedly for 75 years. Meanwhile, Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu, uh, uh, had a call on with Biden on last Sunday, and he criticized Biden sanctioning four residents of Judea and Samaria over settler violence, which is disgraceful. That Biden is actually he, Biden sanctioned four Israelis. Four Israelis. Hey, have you ever heard of a United States president sanctioning Israelis over settler violence? It's insane. All right. Finally, I just want to mention this about Alan Dershowitz because it's pretty fascinating. Dershowitz. Um, you know, he was interviewed by somebody on the radio by a conservative. And look, we know Dershowitz has said a lot of good things about about Trump and a lot of bad things about Biden and the Democrats. He's very pro-Israel. But here's what's incredible. The interviewer said to Dershowitz, Dershowitz says, but bottom line, I'm still a Democrat and I would still vote for Biden over Trump. And the caller said, how on earth? He said, forgetting Israel, because obviously Biden's been a disaster on Israel. Dershowitz concedes that point. But he said, how on earth? He said, inflation is out of control. Inflation is through the roof. The economy is a disaster in shambles. Uh, interest rates are sky high. People can't afford to pay their mortgages and, and, and to take out a mortgage and, and, and to buy a house. And you look at crime surging out of control. You look at the border. And Dershowitz agrees to all these problems. And he says, look at the country. Look at, look at how disastrous Biden policies have, have been. How could you possibly ever even consider voting for Biden over Trump? And, and you know what Dershowitz said back? He said abortion and gender issues. This is what he said. And, and, and it just shows you how bizarre, okay, how twisted, even somebody like Dershowitz, who, who he's, he's mostly, he's like 90% there. He defends Trump, he defended Trump, he was Trump's defense lawyer against the impeachments. And Dershowitz has been relatively liberal, you know, uh, politically speaking. But he's very pro-Israel, and he, he agrees that the border's a mess. He agrees with the Republicans about the border. He agrees the economy's a mess. And yet, how could you vote any answers back well, abortion. Trump is very anti-abortion and gender issues. So those issues are very important to me. So that's how I could. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And the answer, I think, really is Dershowitz is a Democrat. Bottom line, he's a Democrat. He's one of these secular Jews who's a Democrat, like so many of them. But this mentality tells you everything you need to know. You wonder how many there are going to be millions of people if Biden's the nominee in November voting for Biden. And this is the narrative. This is what they're telling themselves, the fantasy going through their minds. They're in la la land. Well, yeah, so many things, so many areas where Biden's a disaster and Trump is and Trump is right. And a Republican and Trump would be so much better. But abortion and that becomes the one issue that supersedes every single issue. It's bizarre. It's 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 mind boggling. All right. That's going to do uh, do it for today. Very, very busy day. And we will see you next time.